This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Uh, the sleep gym. A Minutia Men quiz about radio hijinks. A drug dealer with a great business model. A Cubs May Day celebration. And Rick's brush with the Honorable Richard M. Daly. And Dave's brush too. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Rick Kemper and Dave Stern on hand for another episode of Minutia Men. And before we get started, Dave, I just want to wish uh, a speedy recovery to Eckhart's Press author Mark Jelinus. Mm-hmm. I got a text from him this morning. He is recovering from brain surgery. And uh, the fact that he's texting, I think, is a pretty good sign that he said it's a little painful right now, but he is home. And his book, uh, Gel Strong, is uh, a story of uh, a cancer survivor, and he's an inspiring guy, and we're all rooting for him. So he had brain surgery yesterday, right? Yeah. And he's home today. Yes. Um, Two things come to mind for that. A, our health system sucks. <laughs> right. Or it's fantastic. <laughs> right. Uh, and and two, he's much more of a virile, strong, robust man than you and I. Well, that goes without saying, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, because we would not be texting right now. We, we would be laying in the fetal position weeping. Yeah. Uh, so, well, yes, good thoughts and good vibes his way. If anybody wants to send good vibes his way, he is in Atlanta, Georgia, right? Yes, that's right. And, and so, he's got a Facebook uh, group called Gel Strong if you want to follow his recovery. Um, but anyway, enough of the uh, sadness. Let's get into the... Uh, oh, no, 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 no. We got more sadness, buddy. Oh, do we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got oh, more no. sadness. What? No, stop. Stop it. Um as you know, I actually, you probably don't know, this Saturday will mark the eighth year, eight-year anniversary of my mom passing away. Okay. Uh, eight years. Can you believe that? Eight no, years. That doesn't, we, it doesn't seem that long ago. We, pay, we, we peeled those off pretty quick. So what we've been doing, my mom had a security box, you know, a security box at a bank. Um, a, where safe, she, a safety deposit box. Yeah, that's, that's a better way to put it, yeah. which is because that's what it's called. Um, at the... At the Harris Bank downtown. Okay. Not the most convenient of locations. Right. Gotcha. So my sister and I have been just paying every year the fee for the for the safety deposit box because we've been we've been too lazy or busy, let's say busy. We've been too busy to go downtown to clear out the security or the safety deposit box. You know, I was just telling my wife about this the other day. Because you yeah. you've mentioned this to me in the past that you had this uh, safety deposit box that you you couldn't be bothered to go check out she said that does not sound like dave i mean you're literally paying for something that you are unnecessarily paying for right and the reason why the impetus for me to finally clear it out was that i had missed the i had missed the payment last year i think and i had like a 50 dollar fee like a late fee or whatever and i'm like screw this you know we're gonna land this plane it's eight years (laughs) you know what it's about time so I take the blue line, you know, down to the Harris Bank. It actually was really convenient. It was just right off of the the Monroe stop. You know, it took me like 
32 minutes. So I go there, you know, I found all, I found the key, you know, I found, uh, well, basically all I needed was the key, but my mom had a little red purse that she put all of her like bank account numbers in very official, very German. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, and I had the security to uh, security key. So I go there and I, I go to the, the room where there's the, you know, the downstairs in the basement where the vault is. Right. So I go there and, uh, keep in mind that I am dressed I got my Ling Tech sweatshirt, you know, crappy jeans. I probably hadn't showered, you know. That's very uh, unlikely because usually you're in a three-piece suit. Yeah, right. I'm dapper. Yeah. You know, so and I hadn't been, I hadn't shaved for a couple of days, so I so I walked down there and and but while I was on the train going to the safety deposit box, it occurred to me that there could be some really valuable things in this in safety deposit box yeah, right that occurred to me eight years ago <laughs> right right and, and as you know as i was going through these stops closer to the to, to monroe it went from a couple of thousand dollars to like four pounds of gold in the security <laughs> box right in, in my in my head i had blown this up to this you know this this a mass wealth that is in the safety deposit box so i go is down is this a lock of adolf hitler's hair <laughs> in a baggie right, exactly. plutonium there's you know, pl- <laughs> uh, yeah, unenriched uh, enriched plutonium so i get there and i go to the there's you know it's downstairs in the basement where there's you see the big vault i mean there's this huge you know, safe with a door that is like, I don't know, three feet thick. Yeah. So I go there and it's I a bank <laughs> right, exactly with with very precious things in it. Yeah. So I go, which I'm sure is going to be in box number thirty nine sixteen. Right. So I have the key, so I have the key. I go to the, the, the clerk and I go, look, you know, I have you know, I haven't been to the security box in eight years. Here's my name. Here's my ID, whatever. Here's my security box. So she takes the key. Expecting them to hushly say, oh, my God, they're finally here. This is the one. Stop it. Stop it. You need to stop talking right now because that is exactly what I thought. So she she takes the key. Listen to what happens. So she takes the key, looks at it, and she goes, I have to come. uh, I, you know. Um, I have to talk to my manager about this. I'll be right back. So she goes to the back of the room and her and like this guy are start talking and they're getting like, yeah, right. he's here. 3916 is here. We got to, we got to alert the authorities. He can't just walk out with the five pounds of gold, right? <laughs> Who's going to help him? So they're, t- they're talking and they're real animated about it in my head. I, you know, I've got buddy rich and Keith moon in my chest right now. I'm like, this is it. I can, you know, I can finally get Rick that brew pub that he's always wanted, right? Oh, please, I'll die within six months. <laughs> right. So, so they're talking and they're gesturing and whatever. And she comes back and she looks at the card, the signature card again. And I had to sign my name, and the and the and the signatures were different. I mean, I had signed that card when I was probably in college. Yeah. You know? Right. I, so your signatures change. So finally, they get the ID and the whatever, and they go, "Okay, sir." It was um, once illegible. A signature <laughs> right right now it's just right i cared at least then that it looked like a signature now right. i don't you know can't be bothered so they take me to the you know the big rag have you ever been to a safety deposit box yeah all the time <laughs> okay because right. it's really easy i had no idea so they go there and i had my one key and he had his one key and he goes okay you know turn it we both turned it it was like nuclear codes right we both turn it and he and and he said no i i need he said i have to take it out of the the drawer i'm like okay so he takes it and i could tell that he was having struggling because there was four pounds of gold in there he was struggling right so he takes it out and he goes um we want you to look at this in a secure cubicle wow okay 
Yeah. Like, oh, my God. You know, I'm in the money. I Right. So I go in there and I, I, I am convinced that there's, you know, a fortune in this security box, a safety deposit box. So I get into this room. He closes the door and he goes, uh, when, when you're ready, press this button. There was a button on the wall. I'm like, OK, when you're ready to check out. I'm like, OK. So I'm opening up and I am not kidding. I am freaking sweating right now. I'm like, oh, my God, what could possibly be in this thing? So I open up the little latch and on the top of a bunch of papers was a gray drawstring bag, you know, like a little bag, like you put yeah, like, sure. po- mm-hmm. like potpourri in or whatever, right? Or, yeah. you know, whatever. And I pick it up and there's like rocks in it. And like, there's like, I'm like, oh my God, precious stones, so, you know, smuggled from the, from the Holocaust, I bet. Right? Oh, of so, course. <laughs> what I'm else like could a, it be? <laughs> so I open it up and guess what's in the drawstring bag? Rocks. Rocks. My sister's and mine baby teeth. Oh, my gosh. Right. Um, and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's that's precious. Well, two things. Well, one thing that really pisses me, my mother is a very organized or was a very organized German woman. Yeah. Um, she just mixed up the teeth. There was like 50 of them in there. Oh, right. Who's oh, to right. know which is which? Exactly. So this is this is worthless to me. So uh, well, here's some other news. All those years you thought there was a tooth fairy. There is no tooth fairy. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. They put him in a safety deposit box. Um, so then I'm like, all right. And that, so it went downhill from there. Then I look in at the papers and there's like a canceled check to Dr. Saltzer from 1977 in there. <laughs> staple staple to the insurance form. I'm like, fuck, you know, going through this. So, I mean, th- this story does not end. So I'm pissed. I'm not pissed, you know, whatever. I kind of laughed about it. So I take take the bag of teeth and I take the big, you know, stack of useless papers and I check out and I close the account. Yeah, you're. Oh, you just crept out for a second there. Uncle David, there you are. Are you back? Oh, there he is. He's back. All right. Um, so we discontinued the safety deposit box. Uh, and I'm and I take the train back home to, you know, home on the blue line. When I get home, I notice that I only have the papers and I do not have the drawstring bag. <laughs> you lost the teeth. I must have lost. I, I, I must have left them on the train. So somebody on the blue line sits down on a seat, opens up a drawstring bag of teeth. Yeah, okay. And, and and, there's like a mass murderer <laughs> right, ex- roaming exactly. the streets of Chicago right now. Right. And it's not like I could go to the CTA and go, hey, by the way, I forgot this bag of teeth. Right now, it's a police lab being analyzed. (laughs) They're they're looking for someone that has the same DNA as you. Exactly. So I went from buying you a brew pub to serving 20 to 30 to life. You know, so that's that was my safety deposit box story. Well, if it makes you feel any better, you wouldn't be the one that's going to jail because you're the one that would be dead. Because it's your teeth. I guess that's true. Yeah. My sister. Well, and yeah, right. Yeah. It, You're both uh, still alive. So, yeah. But but imagine being on the CTA. Well, I'm glad there's finally a resolution to this <laughs> eight-year-old mystery. That's all I can say. Because I, you know, every time that we would talk about this, I would be like, well, how do you know that there's not something really big in there? 
Yeah. And, well, evidently and, I did. Yeah. I did know that. So, all right. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's see. I'm, I'm sure that we also have some minutia. So let me uh, play the audio and then we can get it to some actual minutia. Even more minutia E than your was teeth. That, was that worth the 14 minutes? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. Right. This week's minutia with Rick and Dave. All right. What do you got? All right. So this is um, out of Glasgow. All right. Scotland, right? Okay, yes. Glasgow gym to introduce fitness class consisting of nothing but sleeping for 45 minutes, Rick. I am in. (laughs) A new fitness class could be hitting Glasgow soon. David Lloyd Clubs, which has centers in the West End and Rukin Glen, is trialing an innovative new workout, which consists of nothing but climbing into a bed and sleeping for 45 minutes. Calling this the Kempfer workout. Uh, <laughs> I did not say this. No, it's called Napper Size. Um, oh and basically, God, this is genius. Brilliant, brilliant. Basically, what they're saying is that, you know, uh, people are so sleep deprived because they're so busy leading yes. their little lives um, that you come in here for 45 minutes. They play some nice music. Right. Mm-hmm. And you sleep for 45 minutes and charge you like. 75 bucks That's or okay. whatever it is. It, 75 yeah. bucks is well worth it to be able to say, uh, I'll see you later. I'm going to the gym, honey. Yeah, exactly. And falling asleep. I would right. pay 100 bucks a week for that. Uh-huh. Uh, I agree. And this reminded me, do you remember, or did you ever see that apparatus that you could buy? It was called the Abhancer. <laughs> no. Did you ever hear about this? <laughs> no. It was, like a, it was like a big, I don't know, like a cage, like a big plastic cage or, I don't know, metal cage. So you wrapped around your stomach and you tighten it. And when you tighten it, it would make like the grid of a six pack ab on your stomach. <laughs> like so you paint, go, it would paint it on there. Yeah, basically. Well, it yeah. would be impression. Right. Impression. Right. Um, so, honey, I'm, go- <laughs> I'm going to the gym and coming back with six pack abs. Okay. Right. Fantastic. Yeah, so- uh, they'll be gone after my shower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right, I'll just put my shirt back on, and I'm just never going to take it off again. Well, so. I say I say kudos to Scotland for that one. Uh, very good. All right, so I have some minutia too. This is actually going to be a minutia quiz, so we have audio for okay. that as well. Time now for a minutia man. Minutia man. Minutia quiz. All right, so you know this thing going around on Facebook where people are listing the top ten concerts they've been to, and one of them is a lie. Right, right. Yeah, you right, can't right. avoid it. It's everywhere. Well, right, you know, right. I I thought about putting mine up there, but it was boring. You know, because who who really? I don't. I didn't care about anybody else's concerts. I figured nobody right. else would care about mine. But I did see a twist on it uh, by my friend Kara Karavu. Do you know her? Yes, it was. Uh, yes, she's on. She's on the air now. Right. We met her. I met her at Bobby Skatefish's thing, I think. Yeah, that's I? right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. She, yeah. she she, and I worked together at The Loop many years ago. And instead of putting the 10 bands that she has seen, and like me, she's probably seen literally every rock and roll mm-hmm. band ever. She wrote down 10 things I've done as a radio personality. And one is a lie. And, and these are great. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number one, broadcast in the nude. Yeah, I'm sure she did that. Number two, drink over 10 cocktails while on the air, all before 10 a.m. Oh, my God. Number three, nurse my baby in the air studio. I've never done that. (laughs) Number four, move an assortment of adult toys out of the way so I could do a show. Well, you know that's true. Yeah. Yeah, so far all of these are true, by the way. (laughs) Number five, get taken away in an ambulance and rush to the hospital while on the air. That also was true. 
Well, uh, you were rushed to you were rushed to the hospital once. I was on the air I for was. vestibulitis. I was <laughs> had dirty dreams about all of my program directors. Uh, that mm-hmm. one she also says is true. Uh, Gabe slash math lessons. Now, last week <laughs> I told you my story about slash. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, right, do you right. think this is a true story? I do. It is no, a no. true story. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, she she was teaching him about time zones. Like uh, he was he was uh, in the Western time zone or Pacific time zone, and she was in the Central. And he and she and he uh, they were trying to schedule an interview. And she said, "All right, well, I'll call you at six thirty my time." And he goes, "What would that be like? Five <laughs> fifteen." <laughs> Eight thirty two slash <laughs> slash not a genius. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <clears throat> number eight got surprised by a nudist standing directly in front of me while delivering the morning news. Yeah, that's wacky yeah. radio stuff. That's there, sure. She made, made out with a co-host. I don't know who her co-hosts yeah, were, that but one, that's the one that was not true. Oh, okay, okay. All right. So. It made me think of some of mine, and now this is the quiz portion of the program. You have to guess which one of these I did not do on the radio. Okay. 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 Uh, had a stripper named Chesty Love put her naked, gigantic boobs, one on each of my shoulders? Uh, I think I've heard this story, so I'm going to say, well, are you going to read me the list and then I tell you which one? Oh, just tell me true or false while I'm saying it. I say that's true. You're correct. Uh, number two, had a rock star grab my butt cheek during a photo op? Well, I know Walter Payton did that to you, didn't he? Uh, a rock star? Yeah, I would say probably, sure. Walter Payton, by the way, just pinched me. This oh. rock star, like, full hand grab. And that's Was it a, f- that's a female? Story. No, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> it was Lou Christie from... Uh, the song uh, Lightning Strikes and uh, Rhapsody in the Rain. He he grabbed my butt while he was okay. having my picture. Okay. Sat in a studio with naked Swedish triplets. <sighs> I'm sure that's true. That is true. Yes. Was that was that with Stephen Gary? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Read a PSA under the influence and laughed at a really inappropriate time during that PSA. So you, so you had to have been drunk while on the air. I said under the influence. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, I'd say that's true. That is true. Yeah. What was it called? Was it cold medicine? Is that what you're? That yeah. You're let's say of, yes. Let's say it was okay. cold medicine that made Allergy me hungry. Okay. Made All right. Me. Okay. <laughs> okay. What was the PSA about? Oh my God! It was so bad. I mean, I, I my friends were in the studio with me from high school. It was yeah. down at, in Champaign, PGU, and it was a it was a PSA about uh, rape prevention. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! And they started giggling, <laughs> which made me giggle. I mean, it was like probably the worst thing I've ever done on the radio. It was just horrible. Um, let's see. Got a pedicure and had my toenails painted red during a live broadcast. Yeah, I mean that—that's Tuesday in the Stern household. Uh, I say yes, you did yeah, that. That's not Tuesday in the Kemper household. But, <laughs> okay, all right. But I did do it. Uh, called into a radio show from the hospital delivery room while my wife was still being stitched up after giving birth. 
Well, hey, it's good radio. You you got to you you, you got to use everything. Uh, I know that's true because I heard it. Yeah, I believe that's yeah, true. Got locked out of a radio studio while a record was playing and had to <laughs> run to the program director's office or house to get a key. How long was this record, and where did the program director live? All right, so uh, it, I say it's true. I say it's true. Actually, that one is the one that is not true, but it okay. did happen to John Slocum who's a buddy of ours, uh, and he, he he just went out to check the weather to see what it was like yeah, and then realized sure. that the front door was locked and he was playing an EP, Dire Straits, uh, Twisting by the Pool, and whatever song is after that. So, so he he's had, got like nine, 18 minutes or whatever. No, right? he, had like, he had like nine minutes. Uh. <laughs> but that that is a true story. It just didn't happen to me. Then the uh. other ones are I ate a uh, crunchy chocolate-covered cicada, I had a conversation about radio with my vasectomy doctor while he was yanking on my vas deferens. <laughs> Which was your radio name, wasn't it? Yes, vas deferens. And then the last one was I was invited back to a hotel room by a well-known rock star. Who's that? Chubby Checker. Really? Was Chubby wanting to – you think there was some I, – I don't know for sure because it was like 11 in the morning. So I'm not 100% sure, but I did not go just in case because it kind of creeped me out. What would be the rock star that – what would be the male rock star that you would go back with? Paul McCartney, right? Oh, yeah. Whatever Paul wants. Uh, (laughs) And I mean whatever Paul wants. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, this Facebook thing, I did you see – I don't know if you saw my post. I did 10 bands, one of them I didn't see, but I put like the Andrew Sisters – and, oh, okay. you know, Buddy Holly <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and, and I did at the 10 and I would get responses. Well, Buddy Holly. <laughs> you, <laughs> no, you, well, you could have seen Glenn Miller because he died <laughs> in 1941. Right. Glenn Miller was on it, too. Right. And, uh, come on. Really? So. All right. Well, that's those are good stories. Good for you. Well, you got any uh, other minutia oh. to share? Hello, David. David, David's clipped out again for a moment. Now he's back. Hey, how you doing? What happened while I was gone? Oh, nothing. Uh, okay. We were just discussing uh, that you were about to share more minutiae with us. Judge praises drug dealer. It's a good business model. <laughs> uh, uh, Is this in Queens- Florida or Texas? No, it's in Australia. Oh, okay. Well, because us. Australia, they're very polite in Australia, right? And the judges really are, too. So Queensland, a Queensland Supreme Court judge, has praised a drug dealer for his savvy business skills in running a methamphetamine operation. Justice Ann Lyons yesterday told Brody Gary Satterley that that it obviously wasn't the best business, but it's a good business model. Um, (laughs) He sentenced the 20-year-old to three years jail with immediate parole and encouraged him to starting using his talents for good instead of evil. Um, what's some of the things that uh, Brody did? Uh, he gave price guides. He like printed up little brochures, it sounds like. Uh, he charged interest on debts. He gave discounts and refunds in response to complaints. He, 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 he sought customer feedback in the form of surveys. Wow. After uh, he provided utensils, he advertised that he was dealing a high-quality product, and he even had business strategy meetings. So, uh, <laughs> wow. so, and good, so what I did is I emailed Brody Gary Satterley. Did you? And I, off, 
Yeah, I did. Uh, just this morning, I haven't heard anything, and offered him a job at Eckhart's Press because that is that is what we need, right? We, we need salespeople. We need sales for those go get them. Um, so I thought of some and and slow- meth. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, I think he may be out of that business. Oh. Uh, so I thought of some. Well, he obviously had some slogans. They didn't say what his slogan was, but you know, oh, if he had a brochure, oh, no. he had some slogans, right? Okay. I would imagine. All right. Uh, right. I got I got a couple here. You want to? You want to? Buckling. Get, I'm buckling. All right, all right. Go ahead. All right. First one. Crank it up. Not How's bad. That? Yeah. All right. It's methylicious. <laughs> okay. Uh, our junk isn't junk. How's that? Not bad. All right. This is my favorite. It's lip smacking, brain quenching, ace tasting, motivating, good buzzing, cool talking, high walking, fast living, ever ever given, cool fizzing meth. How's that one? Put it in a jingle. <laughs> okay. We'll Have get sesame we'll, seed bun. <laughs> yeah. We'll get Fiddy to do that. And then, uh, did you know that one of the slang terms for meth is whoop chicken? I did not know that. I didn't know that either. So, um, that so if anybody, is minutia. We promised it, minutia. We've just given you some. And if anybody is in the Queensland area, there's a guy that has some some pretty mad marketing skills. Brody Gary Setterly. You give him a you give him a call. And get him on your sales staff. Except he's in jail, right? No, no, he got probation. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, so he's out of room. All, All right. right. So we'll, we'll be uh, meeting him soon. Uh, yeah. It's time for our Cubs feature. Time now for a collection of Cub geekness. This is Just One Bad Century. With Rick and Dave. So yesterday, now we're taping this on, uh, on May 2nd. Um, yesterday was May Day. Mm-hmm. Dave, can you guess how many Cubs in the history of the Chicago Cubs had the last name of May. Did Lee May play for the Cubs ever? He did not. Um, did you know that Carlos May is the only baseball player in history that wore his birthday I on did, his uniform? I did know that. May 5th. May um, 17th. Whatever. <laughs> uh, right, because, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, May, I don't know. How many Mays? There must be a half a dozen. Let's say six. I don't know. There are three. Okay. One of them was Derek May. You may remember him. He was in the early nineties. His his father was Dave May, who was, I believe, brothers with Lee May, who you mentioned, and uh Carlos May. Carlos. I think they were all related somehow. Uh there was Jakey May. I'm sure you Never. remember Jakey, the little lefty. How old? Yeah, what year? He uh, pitched for the thirty-one and thirty-two Cubs. Okay, great team. Um, the last two seasons of his career were with the uh, Cubs, and he he won seven games and saved three, and retired after the nineteen thirty-two World Series loss. Mm, okay. Um, he, by the way, gave up seven runs in two innings in that, in that World Series. Um, and then there was Scott May, who pitched for the Cubs in nineteen ninety-one and had an ERA of eighteen. I shook I shook Carlos May's hand once. Did you? Did you tell him yeah. you don't know what his real number is? <laughs> uh, or his birth date, it's, yeah. it sounds like. Well, he, you know, he only has four fingers. That's true. Uh, and I remember shaking his hand. And being in the paper business that I was for so long, yeah. I shook a lot of people with with finger, or with hands that had less than five You know, all of my dad's friends were in the tool and die industry, and and there were lots of half fingers, middle, you know, just (laughs) lots. There was lots of that. 
I know. I know. Uh, well, that is minutia. Good for you. Hey, what's wrong with the Cubs? They're not playing that well. All right. It's time for our <laughs> final feature of the day, which okay. is a celebrity potpourri. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Okay, Dave, it's time to put your hand in the uh, Costco jar, pull out a name, and, and I will tell the story of having met that person. Richard M. Daly. Former mayor of Chicago, Richard mm. M. Daly, who was the mayor of Chicago for over 20 years, wasn't he? Uh, he died, when did he die, 77-ish? No, no he's still alive. Uh, oh, that is, oh, oh, Richard J. Daly is the older guy. Yeah, no, I never met him. I met because he uh, died because he died when you were fourteen. Okay, I'm sorry, I got I misread that. Uh, yes, um, yes, he's still alive. Uh, yeah, twenty years probably. Yeah, and in uh, the first time I met him was in 1989, I think it was. He was running for the first time, and uh, <clears throat> I was Stephen Gary's producer at the time, and they they liked him because he was you know he was constantly laughing, right, and right. he had a really <laughs> yeah, infectious right. laugh. Uh, and you know Chicago loved Daly. Like, let's mm-hmm. face it. You know there was there was corruption and what have you. But when push came to shove, we all loved Mayor Daly deep down. We all loved Mayor Daly. And uh, and but he was afraid to come on Stephen Gary's show because he was running for office for the first time. And Stephen Gary had a bit of a reputation as being difficult. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And and they were shock jocks. They were considered shock jocks at the time. So Mayor Daly was afraid of being associated with that. But I convinced them that it would be very, they would be very friendly. And just, you know, it'll just be a short little phone call. And so he came on and, and he, he uh, made a crack about Steve's Hawaiian shirts or something like mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. and the call lasted like a minute and a half. And he got off without without making any big mistakes. And afterwards, his press secretary sent me a big note because Stephen Gary had a huge audience at the time. And getting an unofficial endorsement like that from Stephen Gary went a long way. Yeah, sure. So a few years later, I was uh, John Landecker's producer. And by then, uh, Mayor Daly had, you know, was more established. And uh, I asked him to come on our morning show. Now, he he didn't uh, want to come on to talk about politics. But he, but he liked oldies. Okay. So we knew that he listened to the show occasionally. And so he came on and did like a top five countdown of his all-time favorite oldies. And we just talked oldies music for about 30 minutes. And it was just a delightful conversation. We had a great time with him. With very little, absolutely zero politics. Just uh. a few questions about what it was like growing up as the, the mayor's son and the pressure about... Uh, you know what it's like to live up to that um but so i gave him two softball interviews <laughs> with with no <laughs> oh speaking of uh softball our um i met him at a white Sox game it was cubs versus the white Sox. this is when the, this is when people cared about that yeah i remember but, you know it was like yeah i don't know what when did it start early 90s or something i don't know whenever it was um and i was sitting yeah, pretty good seats right behind the plate and him and his chief of police 
the Hispanic guy that went to jail. What was his name? Do you remember? No. no. Whatever. So the Cubs were, or the Sox were just getting clobbered by the Cubs. Jamie Navarro was pitching for the Sox and just got tattooed. And he's walking up the aisle. And I said, he's walking up, you know, he's shaking hands. I go, hey, is there anything you could do about this? You know, he's a Sox fan. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I wish I could. <laughs> and then he walked by. That was, that's my Mayor Daly story. You know, I was just thinking about the South Side and the White Sox yesterday. Did you see that article that one bar is closing? The uh, Yeah, Shaler's. Shaler's Pump. Didn't we have lunch there together one time? Oh, yeah. And I, I've probably been there. Case Paper is only, you know, a mile away. It, uh Shaler's is on Halstead and I don't know, 37th or something. Um, I would go there all the time for lunch. And it, yeah, it was the oldest. I think it's the oldest bar in Chicago, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, uh, that's a sad, that's a sad, uh, a sad day in Chicago when well, it closes. Well, down. here's a piece of minutia. You know, they are in the, you know, they're, they're in the shadow of old Comiskey Park and, you know, White Sox and whatever it's called now. Um, yeah, they're, in the, Bridge, that's in Bridgeport, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the son, Billy Schaller, um, actually, it's probably the grandson of the guy who opened it, uh, is a Cub fan. You're kidding. I am not. And uh, uh, that was always, we, we, would always, we would always give him the business, just like Eddie Haskell. <laughs> give him uh, the business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he was a Cub fan. Okay. Well, yeah. that's, we're everywhere, Sorry. Dave, even though we're not playing well right now. If you like Minutia Men with Rick and Dave, be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Uh, Dave has uh, a good example for us. I have to give another shout out to Losana, Losana and Friends. They had a great episode with uh, with um, Reminder Chandra. Do you know whom? Him? Yes. Uh, he was there. It was fantastic. So Tony Losano and Friends. I don't know how many sh- episodes they're going to be doing. I think, uh, I think he said four or five or something like that. Yeah. It's just it was it was just great. So uh, you 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 people listen to it in radio world. You listen to Tony's podcast because great talk radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits dot com. To find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check out uh, EckhartsPress dot com and ChicagoAuthorSolutions dot com. If you'd like to reach us, you can drop us a line at MinutiaMenPodcast at gmail dot com. You can follow us on Twitter at MinutiaMen. Uh, you can also subscribe to the program uh, at Stitcher and iTunes and wherever great podcasts mm-hmm. are heard. So, uh, special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with Opie Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of... Manushman. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed Los Ano or Los Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed. John, guess who's joining us on the phone? Take a guess. I have the slightest idea, Tony. (laughs) It's your daughter, Amy Landa. 
Tucker. What do you know? The star of Amazon's Transparent. Hi, honey. Hi, Dad. I know you get this question a lot. Amy, is Records truly your paternal grandmother's family name? It's so wild. I mean, I think the weirdest part is not only that his middle name was yeah. Records, but that he also used to pretend to be a disc jockey in his closet when he was a little kid. So the whole thing just feels He's really yeah. predestined John, in like a major way. John, you told me you had tapes. You used to record yourself. Uh, Mo, you know, if you ask a lot of people yeah. that are on the air now when they were little, that happens a lot. Yeah, I, know, I did. You yeah, know, I yeah. pretended to have a radio I'm station doing it. Uh, <laughs> in, in my room and uh, took out library books. Uh, this is your announcer. Right. And tape recorded uh, songs off local radio station and pretended this and that. I also had a thing where I thought I might be a sportscaster because uh, I lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan and listened to the University of Michigan uh, football all the time on the radio and there was a guy named Bob Eufer and this guy is insane, but I thought it was fantastic. So, <clears throat> I got a sound effects records of a crowd's cheering and right, stuff and right. I put it on a turntable and I'd here's it from the final minute of the game and here comes a <laughs> Radio Misfits Get more Lausano and Friends. Lausano. Now on Lausano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lausano or whatever it's called.